So I've never really seen barriers. I'm pretty strong when I want something, I'm going to go for it. And um, God bless the man that stands in my way. Or by your side. <laughs> or, or by my side. <laughs> Hi, I'm Martha Van Inwegen. Hi, I'm Kurt Van Inwegen. And, and you're entering, entering a world, world done good. good. Well, hello, my name's Steve, and this is World Gone Good, the podcast where we shine the light into the darkness every single Wednesday to prove that there is still so much more good going on in our world, no matter what your social media is telling you. You can do your part in spreading the good by listening, sharing, subscribing, rating, and or reviewing this here podcast. Every time you do any or all of those options, you help extend us out and our reach to new listeners and you make the world a little bit gooder it's a word i made it up but it's a word for that as always we say thank you so i get this text from my good friend michelle who says she has these friends and they have a cbd bath and body line and could they come on the show and talk about it I have used CBD for pain relief in the past. I still do. Uh, I've spoken about my piriformis issue on previous episodes. And our one dog, Haley, gets CBD to help with her anxiety because she is a mess. Um, So yeah, I've been wanting to do an episode on the good of CBD. And I'm like, sure, let's do it. Michelle, set it up. The next thing I know, this box arrives at my door from Life Elements. This is her friend's company that she wants me to have on here. And I open the box, which is filled with free CBD bath and body stuff to try. I am talking everything from CBD bath bombs to pain sticks to lotions to body oil. It was like the best free drug deal of my life. And I am like, I have arrived, people. I am an influencer. I am being sent things trying to influence me, and therefore I will influence others. It's finally happening. But then I'm like, oh, crap. Now I'm in this weird place because what if I don't like it? What if it doesn't work? Or if it smells funky, or I just don't want to use it? Like, do other influencers have this issue? Is there an influencer hotline for me to call? Like, where, like, what happened? Like, is there influencers anonymous? Fear not, good listener. All of the products... And I tried every single one of them. They are beyond good. They are pretty damn awesome. Martha and Kurt Van and Weijen are the creative and driving forces behind life elements as well as the two people, well, three if you add in Michelle, who prove that I can be bought if you got something good, beyond good, I'm talking awesome, to win me over with, and they do. And listen, it's not just their company and products that I'm talking about here, but their individual and combined good stories that you're about to hear of how they followed their own hearts, both personally and professionally. That's the good stuff. And here we are entering a world gone good, about to talk with two people on a topic that I am more than familiar with. (laughs) Uh, a topic that's very good. And so we're going to start wide, super wide and move our way in and all over the map. Um, Martha, start with this. What is good about CBD? Oh my goodness. What is it not good for? Um, except for when you're using it as a soap or a toothpaste, uh, the CBD is great for 
any type of inflammation, pain relief, anxiety relief, it really depends on how you uh, use it. But our expertise is in topicals. So when you're using it on skin, it helps, you know, skin regenerate itself faster. It helps pain um, go away. Uh, it's just a wonderful ingredient that I use in everything that I make. Kurt, anything to add about the good of CBD? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, your body is basically a farm <laughs> and you need to treat your body like a, a very um, complicated and complex biodynamic ecosystem. And CBD is this wonderful accretive ingredient from nature that's been around for a long, long time. And we know that it works. We our company sells products to people who are who are early 20s to almost 100 years old. And I'm not kidding about that. And everybody has pain to take care of. So tell everybody here, where did you two meet? Oh, my goodness. So we were actually in technology many, many years ago and living in San Diego. I had a technology company at the time and Kurt was working for an agency and uh, we met through work in San Diego. Um, I called on his company to see if they would outsource some work to us. And that was just the beginning of a long friendship that turned into a relationship. She was trying to sell us something and we ended up not getting into the deal. And, but I, me out. I still remember exactly what she was wearing that day. She was dressed very hot. I mean, she, no, not yes, so. you were She had on this kind of brown, fancy, uh, uh, slacks and a jacket and she was very pretty. And, and we had coffee a few times and then we, uh, we were both otherwise engaged at the time. And, and then about a year and a half later or so, I was cleaning out my desk and I found at the, the same day, at almost the same moment, I found her old business card and I was looking through the San Diego, you know, magazine. And there was a picture of her at one of these parties with one of her friends. And I took that to be a sign and, <laughs> and, uh, 16, almost 17 years later, we're still super good friends and lovers and all that jazz. <laughs> Now, obviously, at some point, you started down the road of, was it, what aspect of CBD came into play? Was it something that you guys started as farming? Or, I mean, I've, I've read up on you, so I want you to tell your story. Yeah, actually, it started with my desire to leave technology and do something that I was really passionate about, and that was natural skincare. I'd always had a passion in that, very interested, and I decided that that's what I was going to do. And I quit my job and started Life Elements back in 2006. So I started it as a nature-based uh, company. We were actually creating uh, products specifically made for couples because at the time Kurt was uh, still in technology working away from home gone uh, four weeks at a time and trying to recon reconnect there really wasn't anything on the market that was n natural everything you'd have to go to an adult store which was cheesy um, smelled like cherry or bubble gum and it was disgusting so I decided that was going to be my first line and so uh, we launched with CNM Couples in 2006. 
Um, unfortunately, the economy took a downturn in 2008, and we pivoted and were creating uh, body wipes, which were part of the couple's um, line at the time. And so they were called action wipes. We did that. And then the economy turned again. And so we pivoted again. And I went back to just creating uh, skincare. And from that, I started adding CBD. My daughter had told me about it. Uh, she was already using it for her anxiety. And she said, you know, you should really look at this um, ingredient because I'm starting to hear more and more about it. And it's doing wonders. Uh, it was doing wonders for her. So I started uh, using it, experimenting with it, and found that it was uh, this amazing ingredient that was helping a lot of people. And that's how we got into it. It was really because of my daughter and her anxiety uh, that it was helping her with. That's kind of a long story. <laughs> no, it's great. Now, CBD um, comes from what part of the plant? Because it doesn't include the, include the THC fun part. So uh, I'll answer this because we, we actually have uh, poster size flashcards that we use at events. And uh, very quickly, CBD 101 is CBD comes from both the marijuana and the hemp plant. And technically, hemp is part of the marijuana family. Everybody's very familiar with THC, CBD, and the two different major strains, cannabis sativa and cannabis indica. And both of those have all different kinds of variation strains and almost every marijuana plant has CBD in it. But by uh, its very nature and legal definition, hemp plants have CBD primarily and they have 0.03% uh, THC by legal definition. And so hemp derived CBD was approved as a legitimate um, product in the farm bill of uh, at the end of 2018. And so uh, the majority of the, the benefits come from the cannabinoids of which CBD is the primary cannabinoid. And is that what CBD stands for? It is actually. <laughs> it actually, it, it's, it's can cannabidiol is the technical term. But there are all these other cannabinoids, um, which uh, I talked about the farm, you know, and so each of those cannabinoids has just a, a real incremental benefit to the overall effect, um, whether you're using it as a topical or inhaling it or using it in a food product. Now, are you guys growing your own everything in your own space or are you um, buying from other people, other farmers to create your, your goods? So our, uh, the raw CBD material that we get, uh, we order, uh, we, we get from Colorado and uh, Wisconsin. Uh, ironically enough, we are based here in Atascadero, California, just a couple hours north of you. And we cannot source enough of the product at the quality that we need in California because the rules and regulations uh, within the state, as it pertains to hemp and hemp-derived CBD, is still um, is still all over the map, and so it's much easier to ensure consistency and quality to get it outside the state, which is ironic. Yeah, but, but then on top of that too, we do work with a lot of local farmers here that are growing organically and bio, uh, 
in a biodiverse environment that we source like a lot of our herbs and flowers that I then take and create oils that then go into the uh, products that we're creating. So like calendula, olive oil, we have lots of olive oil up here in our region. So we're using as much local as we possibly can to ensure that everything is fresh, organic, um, and we love working with the farmers and learning from them as well. Now, you guys source ethically and sustainably, and these are two terms that we hear a lot. What are the definitions? Obviously, I know what ethically means, <laughs> but what is, well, I, I'm not always that person, well, but I know what it means. Um, but sustainability, what is that in the terms of farming, in terms of what you do? So sustainability has a lot of different meanings. Uh, starting at the business, you know, we run a sustainable business. What that means is we are trying to, uh, uh, we charge a fair price for what we do so that we can continue operating as an entity to take care of us and our employees and our suppliers. From a, a farming perspective, sustainability kind of means the same thing, which is that you are growing something and you can continue to grow it because you are using uh, natural biodynamic practices. You're not um, harming the earth. You're not harming the soil. Um, and that's typically what we would call a polyculture farming uh, uh, methodology. A monoculture farming methodology is what you see when you're traveling along I-5 or some of the big interstates where you're seeing a single crop for acres and acres and miles and miles. And the reason they can only grow one thing is because they're using pesticides and herbicides. And that is not a sustainable approach because the, the, the land will eventually just fail. And so you have to continue adding more powerful fertilizers and more powerful pesticides and things like that. So sustainability is really about this um, full circle uh, biodynamic approach so that you can just keep going and going and going in a very healthy and natural way. Martha, you grew up in Mexico. Yes, I did. <laughs> and you had a very uh, humble, can we call it, beginnings? I would say so, yes. And in fact, I'm sure, you know, when I say some words, you can still hear a little bit of the accent. Um, but yes, we, you know, I I was raised by my grandparents in a small, I would, I would call it a village. I mean, there weren't any more than 100 families living there and everything uh, then uh, came from, came from the earth, everything that we ate, um, everything that my grandmother grew, you know, she, she would put everything together for us, our, our medicinals, our body care. She would be the one that made everything. And so, um, you know, that's how I grew up till the very tender age of seven when I came to the United States with my parents. Um, they were already living here and they brought me up, but, all that was ingrained in me, you know, how to live naturally and from the earth. And it just stayed with me always. But you had some wild child days because there's some rumor about motorcycling. <laughs> so I love this. I love this little sainty picture you made of yourself that that that, you know, uh, Shirley Temple could play. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not going to deny that I have not had my wild days. I mean, come on. I grew up in the disco era. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, it was the early, uh, well, 
You've done your you, homework. You've done your homework. Yeah. <laughs> I always do. Don't worry. I always do. But l- the reason why I asked that is this, because there's a mix going on with you. Obviously, you're from growing up in two different countries, two very different um, ways of living. So as a woman and also as a minority woman, how did that affect you in deciding what you wanted to do with your life? Because it sounds like you went down the path that many of us do. You went to school, you got a job, and then something clicked. You know, I've never felt being a woman was a barrier, but that's probably because I grew up very, with a very strong grandmother and a very strong mother. Um, they were both very strong women, and there wasn't anything really that got into their way. In fact, later on in life, my mother returned to to Mexico, to the village where we were both born in and she became the sheriff. And at the time, <laughs> wow, you know, she's dealing with, um, you know, cartel and people that are growing marijuana down there that are trying to protect that land and also tequila makers and everything. And, and she would stand her ground. And so I think I got a lot of that from both of them. So I've never really seen barriers. I'm pretty strong when I want something, I'm going to go for it. And um, God bless the man that stands in my way. Or by your side. (laughs) Or or by my side. (laughs) Kurt has learned how to work with me. (laughs) Now, Kurt, you moved 22 times before you were 21. Your family was in the military. That is correct. So were you moving all over the country or all over the world? No, unlike a lot of military families, the the bulk that was all in the United States, and so my dad was in the Air Force, retired as a general, and um, I, yeah, I lived all over the United States. But it was in the end, it gave me a, a the ability to adapt, and so I, I look back on that in retrospect and think that that was a very good thing to happen. Now we have something in common because we both have a bike story. And we both have a bike story. I have a bike story, which is I uh, signed up to do the California uh, life cycle ride, 545 miles on a bike, seven days, San Francisco to LA. And I didn't have a bike, but I kept telling everybody, oh, I'm going to win a bike. I kept saying, I'm going to win a bike. Oh, don't worry, I'll win a bike. And there was a big event and there were five bikes and it was part of the AIDS life cycle. And there was five bikes and Four of them were very good bikes, but one bike was like the golden bike, right? And I kept telling my buddy there, I'm going to get the, the I'm going to take that bike. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, the first four bikes were raffled off. We all got one raffle ticket and the fifth bike got raffled off and I walked out of there with the bike I won. And every what? person who knows me goes, only you would spend all that time. But you have a bike story that involves Pikes Peak and um, a very high altitude. But you did something similar in trying to get your bike. How old were you? I was a junior in high school. And uh, we lived in Colorado Springs. And we had BMX bikes like everybody else. But we would go... And ride our BMX bikes on on trails and things like that. And when you anyone who's been to Colorado Springs knows that all you can see is Pikes Peak every day from any any place. And uh, we had done a lot of hiking and backpacking, and and we thought, you know, we would hike when we were walking down the trails. We would we would carry sticks in our arms like they were handlebars. Like, oh, this would be so much fun. 
And uh, we, I just, this is back in the old days. So I typed out letters to all these different bike magazines and, and bike manufacturers. And in the end, I got one reply. And that one reply was from a magazine called Bicycle Motocross Action. And they said, hey, that's a super rad idea. He would send me notes on his notepad that had his name on it. His name was Steve Osborne. But what was the idea? Well, the idea was we wanted to, we needed a better bike to ride our bikes down Pikes Peak. And so in the end, they built us two custom-made bikes, uh, all chromed out. And they sent us these two boxes that showed up one day. And they had not only these amazing, I mean, for us, it was like stars came out of the box and we opened them. <laughs> so amazing. And we had helmets and jerseys. They even had like 50 feet of rope tied around one in case we fell off a cliff or something. And so my dad drove us up to the top. It was actually one of the lesser peaks of, of Pikes Peak. But uh, we then spent the entire day riding down and we were the school photographers. So we took some, you know, good action shots. And... Uh, I wrote an article and they, they printed two articles. The first article was from their side that showed how it all happened. And the second article was about us and we were in a magazine and that was pretty rad. Now that's amazing for that uh, being that age. And I also can impress you because I know motocross only has one R in it. It's motocross. <laughs> <laughs> See, I know things. I know things. But here's what I wanted to – the reason why I asked you both all that and why I'm sharing all the information of your backstory with your, with the listeners of my audience is because you two, uh, not unlike myself, not unlike Michelle Rowe who set this whole thing up for us, um, we're kind of strong-willed people, right? Yes, I think so. I like to think so. Yeah, and so – <laughs> how does that figure into doing business together in your business life elements? How does how do two strong personalities, strong-minded people make it work? <laughs> um, you know what? Amazingly, Steve, it's been really easy. And um and I've worked with a lot of people and I've had partners in other businesses and it was just disastrous, right? And I swore I would never have a partner ever again in a business. So I'm the one that started Life Elements. It was my baby and um, I still own it 100%. But And Kurt was still working for many years and he just joined me about seven years ago. And it's been the easiest thing. And I think why it's because he has his role and I have my role and we stick to it. You know, he runs the business side of things and I'm all about the production. I, um, I'm the one that develops all the formulas. I produce the products uh, with my team and day to that side of things and he sticks to his and then at the end of the day we talk about it you know we talk about business at the end of the day but never in bed like never before we go to bed or um in bed right that's the rule <laughs> sometimes 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 i do sneak a little question here and there right but not often no, I, we always get asked that question and it's, it's a very fair question. I, I think it goes back to, uh, you know, some of your questions. Uh, I am a lot of the times the peacemaker. I am very adaptable. I listen 
and <laughs> I try and massage whatever the situation is. Martha is extremely determined, a fierce, amazing uh, woman. And, but we do have to, uh, sometimes we have to come to terms. And I'll put it this way. I've said this before. Martha likes to jump off the cliff. I'm the one that catches her. <laughs> and so we just kind of go with the flow that way. And, and so we built a, a pretty good business. And, and we know that our customers are very appreciative of what we're doing. Yeah, it's fun. It's actually fun working together. That's that's good to hear. That's good. <laughs> well, you're 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 taking CBD most of the time, so you're pretty mellow. Um, we, yeah. we we take it every day. <laughs> <laughs> so, Martha, let me ask you this: Where did the name Life Elements come from? Um, well, funny you should ask. I actually um, I, I mentioned previously that I had a technology company long ago, uh, and after I sold that, I decided that I wanted to be a feng shui consultant. I loved feng shui. I love everything holistic and you know natural. And that was just something I was tapping into. And so I went to school, got certified into feng shui. And from that, as part of my consulting, I figured that I needed to build, bring in other things to enhance my consulting And I thought, you know, I need more elements. And the name just came out from feng shui, from how, you know, energy is all part of it and how you placement and intention is all part of it. And that's all part of life. And then you start bringing all these other things into it. And so that's how life elements just became a, a, a word for me. And, you know, and everything that goes into what we're doing now is an element and just part of life. And so I thought it was the perfect name. Well, you're also the first people on my podcast who have actually sent me products of your own to try. I was so like, it was funny. Michelle wrote me and said, oh, mate, well, I'll, let me have them send you a few things. I got a box. I'm like, are you people high? And I'm like, no, you can't be because there's no THC in it. Um, there were so many great things. And I want to talk about some of the stuff that you sent me. First of all, let me start here. Um, I, w- I have not been paid by these people. I always tell the truth. I think you both could probably assess that from speaking to me so far. The bath bomb that I use, I think I use the 200 milligram one. Let me say this. I filled the tub. I put the bath bomb in. It was the cleanest dissolving bath bomb I've ever used. It fizzed out in about a minute and a half. And I didn't have that extra little chunk that most bath bombs leave where you're like, why is this part still here? It smelled delightful. It felt delightful. I can't wait to use it again. I truly mean that. And I want you to know I gave the, I think, 100 milligram one you sent to my 80 plus year old next door neighbor. And she used hers before I used mine and wrote me a text going, I loved it. Thank you. Compliments. Take them as you will. What's the difference between the milligram amount in CBD and a bath bomb? Well, it really, the way that I liken that too is what is your pain level? And you know, a lot of other bath bomb makers, they make one strength and that's it. It's typically pretty low strength, but everybody's pain level is different. And you might do something more strenuous one day and not the other. So I decided to have three different strengths to start off with. And it was based on kind of like the massage modality, right? There's Swedish, there's sport, and there's deep tissue. And so each one 
um, gives you different results. And that's what I wanted in the bath bomb. So we have like the 50 milligrams. A 50 milligram bath bomb is more like your Swedish massage. It's something that you can use at the end of the day. It's kind of like having a glass of wine, which you can have along with your bath, <laughs> but it's just to chillax. And then the 100 milligram is like you went and you ran and worked out at lunch and you want to come back and you're a little sore, your muscles are a little tight and you want to loosen them up. So that's the 100 milligram. The 200 milligram is you, you, you just ran the Boston Marathon or you just, you know, you do CrossFit or something very strenuous like that. You need more um, muscle tension relaxation. So I made it a little stronger. And now we even have a 250 and 300 milligram bath bombs. But, but the way it works, if I can interject here, is, is – CBD works is a powerful anti-inflammatory. So if you think about what you're doing in a bath, basically everything below the neck, it, it works on soft tissue. And so that soft tissue is your skin, your muscles, your joints, your ligaments, your tissues, things like that. And what it does is you're being essentially a 360 massage without the thumbs. And it gets into your, uh, they call their CB receptors, CB2 receptors, which are right at the base of the hair follicle. So it gets absorbed into your skin and it helps to reduce that inflammation. And so when you get out of the bath, you've basically had a full workover uh, and you're relaxed. You don't feel as tight and you'll probably get the best night's sleep of your life. Yeah, it's really important that you soak in that for at least 20 minutes so that all those receptors absorb all that CBD. And another important thing, one of the things that you mentioned is how clean the bath bombs are. Um, one is that uh, I don't use any synthetic ingredients whatsoever. I don't like colorants in the bathtub. Um, you know, they leave the bathtub and your skin a mess and also synthetic foaming agents. They don't need to foam. The only reason other bath bombs foam is because um, they think it's cool, but that's a really harsh surfactant that, you know, it's not very friendly to the skin. So we don't put any of that, but the CBD that we do use also is water soluble. So it completely dissolves in the water so that you are getting all the benefits of the CBD that are in that. And it was a clean tub when I, when I, when it went down the drain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was not, it was not oily, which I was really, really impressed with. You also sent me a healing honey stick and an ache and pain relief stick. And I want to say about both of these, cause I've used products like this. I have a, there's a place here in, in Santa Barbara that we get stuff from. And they, he has a, like a, a um, like a, icy hot, you know, kind of thing that you would use, right? Um, yours does not have that smell, which I so appreciate. His has a little bit of a burny feeling when you put it on, but um, I like it. Um, yours as well was not greasy or oily. And I was very impressed with that, but I would like to know what the difference between the healing honey stick, which I love, I kind of want to put it like, I want to like lick it, and the ache and pain relief stick. What are the differences between these two? The Healing Honey Stick is actually our original product um, after the wipes. And that came out of me being a beekeeper. And 
trying to take everything that was within the hive and putting it into a salve that would help people with dry skin, eczema, psoriasis, things like that. So that's our original product. And from that base formula, I started working in other ingredients and, uh, and then the CBD. So every, the uh, healing honey stick is for dry skin, eczema, psoriasis, the ache and pain relief stick that has completely different essential oils. All the oils that I use in that are meant to help and boost the CBD's efficacy so that it's actually working, as Kurt said, on that soft tissue and the inflammation. So they're working in synergy with each other to fight that pain. So one is for skin and the other is for pain. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. You also said this lavender body lotion and this plant-based body oil, and don't laugh at me, but the plant-based body oil is not that oily, which is a good thing. I'm not, which again, I'm very impressed with. And again, I am not being paid by these people. I would have told (laughs) my dear friend, Michelle, uh, no. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's uh, the oils that I use. So the main oil in the, um, in the, uh, body oil is rice bran oil and rice bran is very light. It absorbs very quickly, but then I enhance it with, you know, other oils. Um, and one of the other ingredients that I'm really proud in that oil is called Tepescojuite, which is a bark from Mexico that they actually use on burn victims. So it's really good and healthy for the skin. And so it has that in there and then the CBD, but you know, it's, it's just the way that, I formulate, I myself don't like greasy things, so I want it to absorb quickly. And so I've just learned to you know use different oils to get the effect that I need. Isn't there an asterisk on the body oil? Oh, there is an asterisk on that body oil. What we've learned, believe it or not, from <laughs> our customers is that it's a great lubricant. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, unbeknownst to us but so now we sell i think sell more of it for that purpose (laughs) than as a body oil um and you know it's not scented with anything so um you can add your own essential oils if you want to um to have it smell like anything but yes it's 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 a great all-purpose body oil great my show just turned pg-13 overnight that was great (laughs) Where can my listeners go check you guys out online and look at all these products? Uh, you can find us at lifeelementsplural.com. And uh, Instagram is life.elements. And uh, we're based here in uh, the central coast of California in Atascadero. And you guys ship all over the country, all over the world? We do. All over the world. We just mm-hmm. sent a pallet to Hong Kong for a super high-end shop there. So we're super wow. happy with that. Before we wrap this up with our final two questions, uh, two things I want to talk about. One is you, in the month of June, to celebrate uh, Gay Pride Month, you're doing something. What are you doing in the month of June? We've been doing this for several years now, um, but what we do is we give 10% of our total sales to EQCA, which is right here in California, is a statewide LGBTQ and civil rights organization. It's one of the nation's largest 
and we're in love with them. Um, you know, you mentioned the AIDS life cycle previously. It all ties into together. Um, we're big supporters of the community. Um, my son is gay. We're very proud of him. We're very proud of everything that he's doing. And so that's just our way of giving back. So 10% um, of all our of sales, all our sales uh, go to them. That's great. And Kurt, let me ask you something. And Martha, you're more than welcome to chime in. What would you tell somebody who's thinking about starting their own business? Oh man, that's that's a two bottle of wine story. <laughs> I would say a couple things. One is you have to believe in yourself because you will get slapped around and beat up and have people uh, giving you different points of view. You have to believe in what it is you're trying to do. Uh, number two, you need focus. You really need to be very specifically focused on exactly what you are trying to achieve. Don't complicate it. Don't add more products. Do one thing, do, do it really well, and then you can start to expand. And lastly, not lastly, but number three is never, never, never overexpend on inventory. We've learned that the hard way. Just buy as much as you can and wait till you're absolutely bursting at the seams to, you know, to, to get an extra investment or to expand. Martha, anything to add? Um, yeah, like Kurt said, you know, don't, don't let the turkeys get you down. Um, everything's subjective, I believe. And so I've had, I had so many people saying, Oh, I don't like that. And you know, that smells awful. I actually had one, um, a huge company say, that's an awful name. Those are ugly products. That's ugly packaging. And it got me down, you know, severely down and I cried, but at the same time, it's like, he's not the only person in the world. So don't take everything literally um, just because one person didn't like it. Just keep going. We end this show with two questions. They're fairly easy. I'll, I'll kick one to one of you. So you'll, one of you will have an advantage because you'll know it's coming, but I'll start with you, Martha. The question's simple. Who inspires you? Oh my gosh, Kurt inspires me every day. He is the most positive person I have ever, ever met. And I'm going to cry. <laughs> but Kurt inspires me. He's a, a wonderful man. He keeps me in line. He calms me down. And he's great to my children. He's a great dad. He loves cats. <laughs> 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 he's surrounded by women. And he's just always patient. <laughs> Kurt, who inspires you? Say yourself. Just kidding. Who inspires you? <laughs> I have a. You don't have to say me, baby. Listening to your podcast, kind of, I, I knew I knew this answer. This question was coming, and it's really hard to pin down. I, I definitely have mentors, but I'm inspired by really creative people, and you know, I appreciate very good design and art and music. I can't do any of those, but I I look at the creativity that people produce, whether it's photography or art, or even this kid that came in, he's a friend of ours and he's 3d printing stuff in carbon fiber. I'm like, Holy moly, how And he? it's all about creativity and the ability to execute on that creative vision. And Martha has creative vision. So in a way she does inspire me that way, but I just love creativity. That's how you get out of problems and that's how you make change in the world. And the final question for you both, Kurt, you're up first. Tell me something good. Mm. I, 
chocolate chip cookies, dude. <laughs> the, I listened to your podcast and um, about the two guys that started the chocolate chip cookie 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 company. Yep, cookie cookie knows. Yeah, cookies for caregivers. Yep, and. I'm like, that's genius. There, everybody loves chocolate chip cookies. I love chocolate chip cookies. I can't even say it. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and you, you just taste one and eat one. There's, there's no way you can feel bad. So I'm gonna go with chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> that's awesome, Martha. Tell me something good. Uh, Kurt and I are fully vaccinated, and we're really happy about that because uh, we can stop having the nightmares of not wearing our masks you know, in, in, uh, crowds though we still do and we'll continue to, but I feel a lot safer now. And we can go see family. <laughs> and now. we can finally go see family. We get to plan our trip to go see family down in San Diego. Thank you, Martha and Kurt, for sharing your good. Check out Life Elements and get your good CBD on. I highly recommend it. Next time on World Gone Good. We do what we do because it's a labor of love. We are passionate about what we do. It's just that I'm doing this for these animals and for the concept that I want to be able to reach more and more people with the idea of compassion and kindness both to the animals and to each other. Kathy Halamka redefines the word good. She and her husband, John, started Unity Farm Sanctuary in Massachusetts. We are talking alpacas, llamas, turkeys, ducks, cows, dogs, donkeys, goats, pigs, and sheep, all living together in somewhat peaceful, though I imagine loud harmony and unity. We'll be talking how this all started, how it keeps going, And how did they ever get to go away on vacation? I'm talking Kathy and John, not the animals. Until then, be good. 